and how you're going to pay it back is you're going to work harder and you're going to give us more of your hard-earned money. Broadcasting from Essex, it's 10th of February 2021 and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $46,500. Woohoo! I'm your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my... Hair Bill Gates, Joe Meme. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a private jet. I don't have a charity to. Uh, <laughs> How is the foundation yeah, going? No. I mean, that was that. I mean, yeah. Bill Gates, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, the biggest charity in the world. Ah, oh, I uh, mean, it, they uh, give the word charity a bad name, don't, I don't they? Know, because I've read Jeff Bezos. Uh, he's the biggest contributor now, isn't he? I think he was about sixteen billion dollars. He's, he's put into his charity. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, oh, I don't know. Well, that's the difference between a charity and foundation, yeah. isn't it? And that's that's what we learned on um, one of the previous shows. I think it was number nine. Yeah. Uh, where we went into the difference between a foundation and a charity. And essentially, a foundation is something that um, big companies use as a tax dodge, whereas a charity is actually someone that raises money. Exactly. And, you know, what I find really sort of like, so about these people is that 90% of the world population is poor, right? Mm. 1% is uber rich. And yet, they don't give a damn about this 90%. Because it's just been like this for decades now, um, this poverty, that they just can't seem to um, resolve. They're, they're more worried about the weather rather than hunger. And, I, and I, anyway, we've been that. We've been that anyway. So. Yeah, we have. Anyway, we have. anyway anyone, anyone wants to hear Joe's extremely <laughs> controversial views on that, go to Salonomics9 uh, forward slash charity uh, and you'll find it. Um, so then, Joe, um, yeah. this show, um, we are, I mean, by the way, was uh, how are you? I'm, I'm really good, actually. We, we had the, um, my father-in-law's funeral on uh, Monday, which is a lovely service, which would, I would discuss, uh, not, the ser- not the service itself, but the, but the, um, the company itself. So, because we, we, we're going to talk about, so like the, the salons, aren't we, so. Yeah, was it a good send off though? Like, I mean, in I don't know if people realise, but in Essex we're under about four inches of snow at the moment, which is quite. You know what? Quite it unique. was freezing cold, right? And because we're really louting, uh, as, as you know, and um, you know what? I, I couldn't afford it. I really couldn't afford it because it's it's the it's the first funeral that I actually was involved in this country because my parents passed away, as you know, which I was involved in, mm. but they were buried in Cyprus. It's a very sort of different. Um, Ceremony. Different culture, exactly. Right? But so being actually involved with a funeral here, I've been to lots of funerals, but I've never been involved with. My wife actually mm. worked extremely hard and, and stressful, but and we were so worried on the day that um, come the day, yeah, that the COVID weren't going to be an issue. Yeah, but, and, but this in. funeral um, directors were absolutely amazing. But we, I will talk about that later on. But um, no yeah, anyway, so let's go to more. Yeah, so. Yeah, so so basically, we's gonna. Uh, was there any feedback from our last show, um, which was called Save Their Salon, Salonic Ten? Did you did you get any well, feedback I, I, from that I've show? I've got um, an email, sort of thank you from Toby Ticker, the one of the um, sort of people behind the um, the campaign. Obviously, there was the, his wife. Is it Amanda Ticker? 
a dicker, I think. I'll, I'll change a T for a yeah. D and make dicker. Dicker. Um, yeah, do you not... Um, uh, did they listen to the show? I don't know. I've got, I've got no fear. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I just... Uh, it sounds like you got a generic template thank you yeah, email. I, I mean, I like... Because I, I said to you myself, I think it's just a sort of a scam to get your data presses speaking, really. Yeah, I think you could be right. I think you could be right. And the fact that, like, they wouldn't be thanking you if they probably listened to the show (laughs) um, is probably an indication. Exactly. um, That it was just an automated, generic um, lack of personal touch. But you got a reply, didn't you? Communication. Um, Did I get a reply? Um, I got a reply from the politician. That's right. I mean, I I never did. I mean, Emily Thornbury won't reply to me. She's too busy drinking champagne, well, mate, at taxpayers' well, expense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I did get a reply. Should we do this now, then? Should we do the update yeah, yeah, yeah. Save, save their salons update? Yeah. All right. Come, then. Let's jump into this. So I sent the email to, you know, that the Save Our Salons campaign asked us. And, and just as a recap for those that, that, that aren't aware... Um, Essentially, there's a movement trying to get together where the big salons are essentially employing lots of um, social media PRs and British Beauty Council and Hair and Barber Council and all these professional bodies are getting behind the Chop the Vat campaign to reduce VAT in the hair industry, hair and beauty industry, to 5%, just like the restaurants did last year. However, I couldn't use their templated email. I used it as a base but I couldn't actually genuinely um, look at the idea of cutting back to 5%. Because as you know, we've spoke about in previous shows, I think VAT on time-based services is a scandal and it needs to be stopped immediately. Um, So so yeah, essentially, um, I basically pointed out to my politician that we should remove that immediately from all time-based services, but I essentially used the template that the Save Our Salons campaign gave us. Anyway, so I got a response from my local MP. Do you want me to read it, Yeah, Joe? please do. I think that our, our listeners would be interested. So, so, do you have any preconceived thoughts about what a politician would say when you're asking him to cut tax? I'll, I'll, I'll probably imagine a sort of say, thank you for your um, interest. Uh, we, we, we'd like to help, but we can't, basically speaking. <laughs> <That's what laughs> it's very close, very close. You're, you're very wise um, to, to come up with that. So basically, um, yeah, the Save Our Salon. So dear Aaron, thank you for contacting me about VAT on hair and beauty services. I do hope you're keeping safe and well. I am. I'm very well, James. Thank you for asking. I understand your frustration during this time. I know that many businesses like yours have been impacted by COVID-19, but I am not aware of any plans to include the beauty industry in the VAT reduction. However, I have raised your concerns with my colleagues in the Treasury, and they assure me that they will keep under all tax rates Hang on, he's bad English there. They will keep under all tax arrangements under review. Any changes to taxation would be considered as part of the normal process leading up to the next budget. All necessary action will be and has taken to support a wide range of industries across United Kingdom during this unprecedented time. I will continue to support the government in this. Thank you for the time to contact me. Yours sincerely, James Dudridge, MP of 
Parliament for Rochford and the South East. So essentially, in a nutshell, you've had your money, you've had your support money, shut up, slave, you're not getting any more support from us, well, I, go I, away. I saw it looking differently. It would be a case of like, um, yes, we supported you, now mm-hmm. you, we want you to pay it back. And how are you going to pay it back? Is you're going to work harder and you're going to give us more of your hard-earned money. Hard, are you going to work harder for less yeah. money, yeah? Basically, that's, yeah. that's your prediction. That's... Should we write that prediction in the book then? So Joe says, no reduction in VAT whatsoever. No. No reduction whatsoever in VAT. Okay, that's a timestamp. That's, uh, yeah, 10th of February. All right, well, how, how long? How long do you reckon does that that prediction lasts for? Till the budget? I mean, when is the budget? Anyone got any idea well, when the next budget? Normally, is? Um, is it May? Isn't it? Next UK budget. I'm just going to quickly Google is it. it. Uh, budget 2020. When is the budget? Date of the next budget. Here we go. Is I know March. Okay, March. All right, next month. Yeah. Next month, so we've got a month to wait to see if there's any any news in the budget regarding hair and beauty and their VAT, their, their VAT contributions. Is that the right yeah. word? Okay, who did we hit the hardest? Right, motorists will start. Right, with yeah. the food tax. Yeah. Um, employers, uh, independent employers. Mm. Uh, Petrol, petrol's going to yeah, go energy. up. Energy, no doubt. You know, so I, I, again, I, I, I really don't see them doing anything whatsoever to, to help the industry. Do you think we could potentially see the um, the first introduction of a green tax, of a carbon tax, in this budget? Do you think? In the industry, or not in our industry any, specific? Any. I mean, just in 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 every industry. You know, will they, will they start to talk about green taxes? They will taxes do, but not yet. Not yet. I don't think while not while yet. the pandemic is still going, I don't think they will do. Um, because okay. I, I I think anyone who wants to start a business right now, uh, well, they're going to be very strong, strong and well financed at the moment. Because mm. mind you, there's some great deals to be to be to be done too because there's lots of empty properties so they could probably negotiate some great um, rent free period as well so, so so yeah but I don't think so not not the not the um, the green no. not green tax no no so according to my politician if there is no mention uh, of any of this in the budget I can then email him again I think yeah? So. Yeah. is that is that essentially I, what I would do what the, um, to me. um defrauded and I'm sure shack redemption you know, he just kept budgering the um, the senator for uh, a library, didn't he, in the prison? Did yeah, he? Did you ever see that film? I did. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He did do yeah. that. You know, he kept, and, and eventually he got his library, didn't he? he got it got charitable books and a charitable books and enough. Then he got himself a whole um, sort of like a, a library for to sort of like to keep the prisoners happy. So, yeah, use that as your example. Okay, so I've got to email him every month then. Every, or, or, every, or every budget. You do, you do a generic, uh, do, do one email, just keep sending it every day. <laughs> uh, I, I'll ask uh, Toby Dicker to send me his generic email uh, app. Well, can, so, can, uh, can you not do that? Just, just go slightly off our, uh, what we want to talk about, right? But can you, can you not sort of like, uh, with today's digital world, right? Get an email just to be sent every day at a certain time. 
I'm sure I could figure that out. Yeah, I mean, I I do use this thing called if then, if then, this that yeah. or something like that. But basically, it's like an automated yeah. um, app that I can basically get to to do lots of these automations for me. So yeah, no, that's an idea. I could do that. I might just for the time being. Um, Send more emails to the British Beauty Council, the Hair and Barber Council, um, and the other people that are behind this campaign, just to see if they're interested yeah. in what my politician had to say. Um, oh, what am I talking about? I've already done that. Of course I've already done that. I was straight onto their Facebook pages and, and their LinkedIn pages, asking any of these organisations if they wanted to hear what my politician said. And guess what? Um, oh, yeah, guess, let guess, me guess, guess the let response. Me guess. Not one reply. Not one. Well, it was more like this. I mean, Joe, what is the point in setting up these campaigns, getting everybody on board? And then there's no second step. It's just like, right, everyone send an email. Right, well done, everyone. And now we're all going to go back to sleep for a Look, year. I can tell you, mate, right, these organisations or these foundations or these professional bodies, right, they're only looking after themselves. Yeah. They, don't, they don't... Yeah, listen, I know that. I know that. Yeah. I know that deep yeah. down. But I still, you know, there's still part of me, there's a spark inside me that thinks they're going to do the no, right thing eventually. You, you, you're, you're romantic. You're too romantic. I am a romantic. romantic. You're right. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, so basically, if the British Beauty Council or the Hair and Barber Council want to get back to us and actually deal with the issues their members are facing, and um, but when you go onto their pages, of course, they like to promote other brands products so i'm not sure that i don't i mean tell me maybe i'm a romantic but i'm not sure that councils and people like that they should kind of be a bit impartial don't they you think be. they shouldn't be promoting brands should they well who, who's who's i mean they're already paid they're already paid by the members to you know represent them on a political level and now we're getting spammed and shilled all of these products that they're recommending to I just like I say I just can't get my head around well, it at all is, they council well this is why I find why the um, the chop the fat or um, the, we'll say about salons all these sort of like campaigns right completely mm. um, lopsided when I say lopsided right it's the fact that who's behind these campaigns the big salons right the big name yeah. salons yeah who do they need help from they need help from the little exactly. salons, don't they? Uh, to get their exactly, numbers up. Right. And yet, before the... At the same time, the big salons are blaming the little salons for everything wrong. Well, they're blaming people the like industry, you, right? people like me, people like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Our, our sort, the people yeah. that we're representing, the, the independent... The self-employed and the freelancers. Right? Uh, and independents. Because, exactly. yeah, they started, they started this war a year ago, the first pandemic. Right. And this is why I kind of got involved mm. with LinkedIn, really, because I just happened to be bored one day last year. And um, I, I just went on LinkedIn. I saw this all like... Um, you weren't the only one, by the um, way. Who was, uh, it, it was completely year. disgusted by the professional bodies um, trying to stop freelancers from working. Yeah, mm. you know? and, and I thought, what the... 
Well, WTF, let's put it this way. Right? Yeah, WTF, indeed. And indeed. And you know what that, you know what that, yeah. you know what that sounds from, don't you? That's from X-Files, isn't it? Yeah, trust no one, Jack. Trust no one. Trust no one. And, and this is it. So, you know, I, I kind of got involved with that debate and I, I obviously I gave my uh, opinions on it. And obviously I never got one um, response because they can't argue with me. My reputation as a hairdresser is, is second to none, really. Um, and yeah. my opinions is from the, the ground. It's, it's not from books. It's not from education. It's not from mentoring. It's, I, it's from experience behind the chair in, in all areas, mm. and and they can't argue with that. So, why why they saw like all of a sudden we saw that interview on television a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Well, I, sh I said it to you. Um, yeah. This this saw like this salon owner who's got two salons. Why would he have two salons? Yeah, mm. I mean I, that's the thing that I I don't understand. Well, I mean, this is this is the second part of the yeah. show, isn't it? We was going to talk about why salons shouldn't scale. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to, to take you back, re rewind a, a step. Um, do you want the latest um, petition numbers for the Reduce the VAT petition? Please do. Okay, let me go. Last time it was about 21,000, wasn't it? Yeah, give or take. And this is from August, yeah, last year. Uh, this one was, yeah, um, sorry, this, all petitions run for six yeah, months, yeah. remember, so this one would have been October okay, okay, 2020. Okay. October. So what do you think we're up to? Now, bearing in mind, you need 100,000 signatures for, for a subject matter to even be considered for okay, a Okay, let me say 23,000. Oh, you're very close. It's twenty six thousand five hundred and seventy. That's from Oct from October. So, so if we can get the eighty thousand people that listen to our podcast to go and petition .parliament uk petitions fifty five forty four seventy, they can add their name to that, and then we'll take them over the hundred thousand. But we, but we should, but so, we yeah, should actually start a campaign. That. Is uh, not chop the vat. Well, well, actually, chop the vat. No. Yes. But not to five percent to actually zilch. Well, no, that's I agree with you. Yeah, totally. I, um, my position on this has never changed. It's VAT on a time-based service is a scam. It is completely, completely. Um, and I don't know whether that salons use it for their advantage in order to take the Mickey out of their employees. I mean, possibly, or it's essentially an unfair tax on a time-based service. When, as we've discussed in previous shows, things like financial advice, which is charged by the hour, exempt from VAT. Wait. Now, why is that? Why, why is financial advice, a time-based service, why is that exempt from VAT, Joseph Mehmet? Tell Mate, me. Mate, you, you're asking the wrong person the, the, the right question, because... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, any accountants out there, you want to let us know why uh, hairdressing is even in this retail bucket when they don't do retail. Um, that's another anomaly which I would like answered. But I would like to start a campaign, the anti-campaign campaign. campaign. <laughs> um, any campaign should just be like banned yes. to begin well, with because it's all a complete waste well, of time. It, it... People have to do something. They have to action their... 
their beliefs and their yes. opinions. And my, my advice for doing that, everyone, start accepting Bitcoin for your no. services and then um, the world would be a much better place. But, now, can I just go back to the um, the VAT, right? I mean, as an employee, when I was self-employed, mm. even my accountant couldn't explain to me why I had to pay VAT, right? And when I was an employer, I had to explain to my mm. self-employed why they had to pay VAT, yeah, and I right. couldn't. Mm. They just it just yeah. one of those things that you have to accept, right? Mm. It, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think like like I say, we've discussed in previous shows. Some a uh, hairdresser earning twenty thousand pounds a year is essentially being taxed at thirty three percent. Um, to to basically earn you know earn their salary and if hairdressers think that's fine then say nothing do nothing crack on but i don't think that's fair personally i don't think that our sector should be targeted with even more Could tax they? when a lot of the stuff we do you know generates health well-being feel-good factor do well, you know what i mean you, can you, can, you know when you go to these uh, local garages right you know where you get your car fixed and tires and, and you know they, you got like mechanics, yeah. 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 You, get, you get two bills, don't you? You get one with your VAT and one without the VAT. So if you give them cash, right, you don't you don't pay the VAT, mm. okay? And then yeah. you, you know you give them cash. Hairdressers don't do that, do they? Because I, I know as a hairdresser selling myself, right? We mm. we um, we got paid cash, right? Mm. It was still the VAT on it, though, as you see. So we, we the clients never mm. had that choice. It was like two hundred fifty quid, two hundred fifty quid. It, there, well, mm. there was no difference between the uh, the VAT or, or the thing because it, it was added on all the time, and, and that's that's the thing mm. in our industry. VAT is not added onto the bill; it's in the bill. Really. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, this is going to get a whole lot harder once cash is eliminated finally, yeah. isn't it? Um, well, and you know, that's a couple of years away, so. You know, there'll be no op option to... Um, Which is going to be a killer you know, for the industry. Except cash. Right? Yeah. yeah, potentially, potentially. Unless unless things change, you know, like I say. All these campaigns, I just feel that they, they're, they're just asking for more rules in a creative industry. And I just feel that at the end of the day, people... It'll end up driving more and more people off the grid. Yeah. And out of paying any... Contributing any tax you know, to our government. So this is why I think there has to be a balance. And when the balance adjusts and tips over to being unfair and unjust, then that's when you see the, you know, the stagnation of an entire industry, well, you, which is what we're going to get in the next few years. Do you year, think there's years. too many hairdressing salons in the country? Well, no, not anymore, because at least 5,000 have closed still, they're, they're, in the last year because of coronavirus. That's not enough. No. no. What number do we need to get to, Joe? I have no idea, right? There's 45,000 hair and beauty salons. I don't, How many towns are there in this country? Barbers. How many towns are there in the UK? Oh, God knows. God so knows. if you kind of saw, like, say, every town needs, what, three hairdressers salons only? Well, I mean, it depends. One hairdressing salon, one beauty salon, and one barbershop? Yeah, that's that's, that's, is that what you, well, you talking about? Well, there's probably six vape shops for every hair salon. You're right. Uh, there's, there's, there's sort of like about 20 cap, cafeterias, you know, sort of like these sort of 20 mm. coffees for every little uh, little street. So they, there's probably just too many, I, I think. Mm. And 
and so sometimes when you have to sort of look at these numbers, like the industry is worth six point six billion pounds to, to the government, right? Mm. You know, why, why change something that's um, that's that that adds to their coffers? Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? Look, the the, the plot thickens. Yeah. The case will continue. Shall we bring this chapter yeah, to an so. end? I think so. Okay. Um, salon uh, obviously still shut. We've got no idea when salon's going to be open. Boris won't share that information <laughs> with us. So I mean, listen, obviously, I, I, I'll tell I'll tell my niece. She'd be lucky to open in May. Really? I mean, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. hoping for April. My, my prediction's April, so maybe I'll put that in the book. Um, but yeah, you can still make money using GoSalon. If you go to GoSalon.uk, GoSalon.uk, uh, it's an app that essentially pays you money to refer the products you love to your clients. So um, yeah, so check that out. Um, Joe, all the best. Um, hope you have a good week. Yeah, and um, we'll speak next week, yeah? Look forward to it. Cheers, mate.